Next on Making Sense of the Madness, one man is standing up against the radical gender agenda, and we're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. Well, Edward Bartlett has taught at three universities, worked for the Federal Department of Health and Human Services for 17 years, and now he heads up an organization called SAVE to stop the radical gender agenda. So, Ed, thanks so much for joining us. What is the radical gender agenda? That's a bit of a tongue twister, but uh, (laughs) how would you define it? Well, first of all, let's start with with the roots of this. So this springs from a federal law called Title IX. And Title IX, it's been around for 15 years. It wasn't especially controversial when it was passed. Uh, Title IX is supposed to be about ending sex discrimination in schools. I think everybody pretty much would agree with that goal. But unfortunately, our good friend Joe Biden wants to change the definition of sex. And he wants to expand that definition to include the concept of gender identity. So what could possibly go wrong with that? Well, apparently a lot of things have gone wrong. Our culture has shifted so quickly beneath our feet, and many parents and community members are just in shock and awe at the things that are happening in and outside of the school. Talking about drag queen story hour, all age drag shows, sexualization of our children. What are some of the other problems? So, yeah, it it really is a full bore attack on children on families, on schools, and ultimately on society, because one of the spin-offs of this whole concept of redefining sex is, oh, well, if you can redefine sex to include gender identity, of course, uh, you know, people have kind of lost count, but there's at least 50 gender identities out there to choose from. So you might well, you know, wake up at eight in the morning and say, hey, I want to be gender identity 14, and a few hours later want to be gender identity 31. And, of course, that's hugely problematic. We'll probably be talking about this concept of gender transitioning a little bit later, but one of the most immediate effects is in the area of women's sports. So now we have the the prospect of uh, biological males. Now, maybe they have taken some some puberty blockers or hormones, but let's be clear, that does not reduce a man's lung capacity did not reduce his heart's uh, heart uh, capacity it does not reduce his mus- musculature so the 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 male who is now claiming to be a female transgendered female has all the physical attributes of being male and so no surprise that people like Leah Thomas uh set numerous records at the University of Pennsylvania this past year uh, you know, who would be surprised by that fact? It's just, you know, we're dealing with biological reality. Unfortunately, uh, there are groups that simply want to deny biology. You know, some people might not even believe you when you say that there are dozens of different gender identities. And yet I saw a headline today. This was out of England where there was an after school program and they were teaching kids that there are 72 different genders and one of the 11-year-olds said, no, actually, there are only two genders, male and female. And that little kid was kicked out of the program. 
so, you know, this is beyond absurd. It's not according to uh, <laughs> biological truth, but and yet it's being funded. You know, this person was paid to, to do this program at the school. I know. I, I Practically every day I read another news account of of a college professor that's been who's been, you know, suspended or a, an employee who's been, you know, who's been fired or uh, even fellow students. I'll, I'll tell you an actual example. This happened in the great state of Wisconsin. So we're talking about an eight-year-old male at, at a middle school in a town called uh, Keel, Keel, Wisconsin. And one of his female classmates told him he, she wanted to be called by her preferred gender pronouns. <laughs> well, of course, of course, compelled speech is a violation of free speech. And he said, no, I, I don't want to call you by your gender pronouns. Well, guess what? He was hit with a Title IX sexual harassment complaint. Um, and the school district began to investigate this. This happened in, you know, in, you know, Midwestern USA, where you, you don't expect to hear this, this kind of crazy nonsense. Right. So th that's what I mean when I say the culture shifted so fast beneath our feet, because uh, the, the teachers, the principals, the superintendents, the school board, it seems like a lot of them are compromised. And then the curriculum is snuck in there. And it might be happening even without the, the parents' knowledge. So tell me about your organization, SAVE. What does it stand for? What do you guys do? Yeah, um, so SAVE stands for Stop Abusive and Violent Environments, S-A-V-E. Our website is saveservices.org. So here we're talking about attempts to abuse uh, the truth fundamentally, and, and that translates into uh, uh, abusing people who, who don't want to use certain pronouns, um, <clears throat> parents who are falsely accused of being uh, unsupportive or a threat to their kids. Um, yeah, so th this is an example of a well-intentioned federal law that has now gone crazy and is, uh, is causing huge ripple effects throughout our society. So that's where the root of this is, that there's a, there's a law in the books that uh, was meant for a different uh, time in our culture, apparently, and now with these the changing uh, definitions of things, they've been weaponizing this law against Americans. So are you saying we need to go back to the root here and change this original law or change the wording or redefine and re-clarify what it really means? Fortunately, the law still stands with its original definition of biological sex. But um, this past June, um, the Department of Education, the B Biden Department of Education, issued a new proposed regulation. And this proposed regulation prop uh, wants to change the definition of sex to include gender identity. This proposed regulation has not been approved. It's still being discussed internally at the Department of Education. And w what's really amazing here, Sean, is this to see, and let's just focus on this issue of women's sports, because that's the issue that I think has galvanized uh, a lot of a public opinion, in addition to the gender transition issue. But we are actually seeing uh, numerous states. I think right now there's 32 states that have introduced bills uh, in their state legislature to 
to prohibit uh, biological males from participating in women's sports. That's a pretty substantial groundswell of, of opposition to that. So that's just one example of how parents and, and female athletes have just become galvanized in opposition. So, yeah, so this proposed regulation has not been finalized. Uh, and part of the reason that we're having these uh, interviews is to, to to get word out about how crazy and let's say the use the word evil. This is really an evil agenda that's at work because of its extraordinary harms on so many facets of society. And because it's become so radical, you have the majority of Americans actually are against it. Uh, the example of men and women's sports. Uh, overwhelming majority of Americans, including non-conservatives, are, are against that. Yeah, our, our survey, I, I think the numbers were 71% of Americans. We did a survey in May. We found that 71%, if I recall correctly, uh, are opposed to changing the bio, the definition of sex to include gender identity. So it's it, it's really an, it, it's, it's an arrogant action by the Department of Education to a to attempt this, uh, they have no uh, congressional authority to make such a big change to this Title IX law. So anyway, so the, the, the women's sports has been one big area of concern. And, and then the other, maybe we can transition to this gender transitioning issue, which is even more uh, really disturbing because, uh, of course, the, co the concept is that uh, uh, Gender is not based on biology; it's based on one's subjective belief, uh, and that that subjective belief, of course, is fluid. So you can you can change your genders, uh, <laughs> you know, as as often as you want. Um, and here's the process that 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 happens. So, and and I can give you examples. This has actually happened in Florida a few months ago. So, uh, one a teenage girl in Florida was having some mental health issues. And so um, she talked to one of her counselors and uh, they said, well, you know, we, we think that really your, your mental health concerns are because you're, you're, you're really, a, you're a, you think you're a girl, but you're really a, a girl and you're, you're a boy in a girl's body. So she, this so parents were not told about this. Uh, so she began this gender transitioning process and I'll tell you what that process is. So the first step is, is what's called the social transition. So that entails changing the person's name, uh, in her case, to a male name, um, and having her use different bathrooms. Um, the, and, of course, not telling the parents, because the parents are seen as, as a threat, as a, as a danger to the child. The second step is called uh, puberty blockers or home hormones, uh, administered to kids who are 9, 10, 11 years old in order to stop the development of what's called the secondary sex characteristics, their external genitalia, um, a, a deeper voice, uh, a beard, and so forth. So, so that, that's the second phase is the, is the medical transitioning. The third phase is the surgical transitioning. And this is there's huge amounts of money pushing the surgical transitioning. Um, there are medical centers, children's hospitals across the country doing this, but they, they don't like to 
tell the truth. So they use euphemisms like top surgery and bottom surgery. I think you know exactly what we're talking about. That is disturbing to know that that's even legal and uh, that we have to address this. Uh, but we, we're going to have to figure it out and see what is the root of this, because you, you mentioned the word evil. Uh, you know, what spurred this ideology and uh, what is it exactly? We're going to dig into that as soon as we get back. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. We are talking to Edward Bartlett of the SAVE organization about the radical gender agenda. And you talked about this title, uh, this, this law in the books that's been weaponized against Americans. There's a proposal to include this gender identity instead of the biological gender. So what can parents do right now to help stop this from getting any worse uh, on, on the legislative side? Sean, I think the first thing that parents need to do is realize that this is not happening in just a few isolated locations around the country or just in, you know, states like California. And I'll give you an example. I live in the state of Maryland, and I was giving a talk to a, a group here in uh, Montgomery County where I live, and I had just learned that there was a drag queen show uh, planned in our local public library. This Now, if, if a person wants to do a drag queen show in their private home, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna worry about that. But this was in a public library, obviously supported with public funding. And the, the information about this drag queen show said, quote, all family members are invited, including toddlers and preschoolers. Get that. How do you think a toddler would react to seeing uh, people dressed in drag at their local at their local library? Anyway, so yeah, the, these the drag events are often is, often very sexualized and very risque. They're they're very sexualized and and just just flatly inappropriate for for young kids. Um, you know, clearly the sex drive is one of the strongest drives in the, in the human psyche. And, and, you know, we should be focusing on how to properly channel that drive, not, not to, not to uh, you know, promote it and bring it out. I've seen videos of kids at one of these uh, drag queen events where they were actually twerking, um, which I'm not going to define what the word means if, you, if you're not familiar with it. But it's really, it was really just obscene to see these these are like seven, eight-year-old kids twerking 
uh, at this event. So, all right. So the first thing to answer and they're your question, some, sometimes they're encouraged to, to uh, give money to the drag queens and so forth. It's like getting them to participate in this uh, sexualized activity. Being being a witness to it is really bad enough. Uh, but it's the the Overton window keeps moving. It's like first. It's an all ages. Uh, first, it's a drag queen event at a public library. Then it's an all ages drag event. And then the kids are participating in it. And before you know it, it's the kids who are performing. And and it'll be totally sanctioned by all of these radicals. Uh, and so, you know, to go back to the original question, what can parents do to make sure on the legislative side that th this doesn't uh, get even worse? So, so yes, yeah, so the first thing is to realize this is not an isolated phenomenon happening just in California, okay? It's happening widespread uh, around the country. And I, I don't think anybody's done an actual survey, but my, my sense is many or most school districts now have some sort of policy that promotes the, 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 sec, the transitioning, the gender transitioning of a child and the one in my county says the parents don't have to be informed. So anyway, so so we can't rationalize this to say, oh, it's it's happening somewhere else. It's happening all over the country. So the second thing is to become involved. Um, so my organization, we've actually organized a coalition. It's called the Title IX Network. Uh, it's a it's a right now we have two hundred and six organizations all around the country, some very large, like Heritage and Independent Women's Forum and Concerned Women for America. And many of these groups are smaller state level groups. Um, and so if any of your listeners are with an organization that would like to be part of this effort, uh, feel free to, to send us an email. Uh, we'd, we'd be more, happy, more than happy to uh, add your group, whether it's local or national, to this Title IX network. So, so what, what is the Title IX network doing? Well, basically we're working for good legislation, especially at the state level uh, to date, and I'll give you the actual current, we've, we're, we're promoting the introduction of what we call good Title IX bills. In other words, ones that are designed to thwart gender transitioning, to, to protect women's sports, to preserve free speech, um, and so forth and so on. So as of right now, um, there have been 20, um, I believe 26 states that have introduced 80 bills, uh, collectively 80 bills around the country. And some of these have already actually gone for a vote. I believe I saw one was regionally, re recently approved in the state of Tennessee. So, so there is a lot of momentum behind this. Um, so anyway, so and, and also, I should add, go to your, 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 um, the, the meetings of your local uh, school board of education. Uh, go on their website. Find out, you know, look for policies that are called, you know, gender policies. That's a good giveaway term. Look, look at their policies. And if you're concerned about that, go to the school board meeting and, and uh, you know, share your concerns. Or, or go, to the, go to the library, of your school library. Uh, you know, look at the, the titles that are actually on display. Um, there was actually a case of a, of a boy. I think he was about 10 years old. He was so disturbed by this that he actually, he himself went to the, the school board meeting and read word for word from this lewd 
book that was in his own school's library. Of course, uh, this, this boy was courageous to do that. And the school board members, of course, were highly embarrassed by these revelations. Right. That's a very effective technique. Uh, and you mentioned your own district, uh, that parents don't need to be informed about uh, transitioning their own children. So how can people find out if, if that's the kind of rule going on in their own district and how can they change it? Go to the website of your local um, uh, board of education and, uh, and there's a section that will list the policies. Um, look for words like uh, gender. Um, that's the, the best giveaway word, but there's other words um, that uh, also provide clues. Um, make a copy of that, of that policy and read it. Read it word for word. Uh, see what it says about, you know, uh, the, whole, the whole process. So if, if there's anything there about not informing parents or requiring other teachers or other st students to use the, quote, preferred gender pronouns, that's very problematic. The concept of free speech means you cannot be compelled to use certain words uh, that another person may want you to use. So, so these are all giveaways that people should be looking for. So once they find out the policy, do you suggest that they go to a school board meeting and make a resolution or pressure the school board to change the rules? Absolutely. Yep. I mean, these the school board meetings are open to the public. Uh, I myself, I've I've testified at these school board meetings. Um, they always have a you know a, a segment that is open for public uh, comment and make your voice heard um, and get involved politically as well. I'll give you an example. Again, this is the state of Maryland. Uh, a representative introduced a bill in the in Annapolis, our, our state capital to protect women's sports. And now, of course, it's no secret that Maryland leans strongly to, to liberal democratic. Um, and so this bill was not, was not passed. But what was interesting is that when they had, they had a public hearing about this bill, there were more people in favor of this bill that than were this bill to protect women's sports were more in favor of it than people opposed to it. So, so right there that told the, the representative uh, from Baltimore County, she's going to reintroduce that bill next year. So th that's how the political process works. Uh, you may not succeed the first time around, but you have to be persistent. Yes. And this is interesting for people to learn how to engage and how, how to make change in their communities. We are going to take a quick break, but then we do want to get to the root of all this, the Marxist ideology, as soon as we get back. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. We'd love to have you on board. Hydrogen is used by health professionals as a powerful antioxidant and the number one tool to fight inflammation. Studies show therapeutic potential in cancer and essentially every organ and system in the body. 
Visit holyhydrogen.com to see the latest technology that elevates your immune system and fights inflammation. Search their research library to see if hydrogen has a track record for helping a health concern you're dealing with. Make sure to use your special American Media Periscope code, AMP, for $100 off your order. That was a pastor who went to an all-ages drag show to let them know what his opinion was about kids being indoctrinated with this agenda, and they physically abused him, as you saw on camera there. So this is, this is a, literally a fight that apparently can get violent if you speak your mind on this topic. Uh, any comment on that video? Yeah, Sean, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because it reminded me of a very similar event that happened uh, not far from here in Loudoun County, Virginia. This happened last year. So in Loudoun County, they have one of these, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> keep it a secret policies about gender transitioning. So there was a biological male who uh, decided one day that he was uh, female. Um, so he was actually allowed to use the female bathrooms. This was in a high school, by the way. Um, so he went into the female bathroom and he assaulted one of the girls in this bathroom. Well, the, the result was, had such a tr incredible dramatic effect because partly the, the governorship of, gov of Virginia was being, uh, debated and there was an issue of whether there would be a Republican or Democratic governor. Uh, and so in this particular case, the father of the, of the assaulted girl was so perturbed. He went to the meeting of the school board. He expressed himself, I'm sure, very strongly. Um, and he was actually arrested. He was arrested for speaking out at the school board meeting. This tells you how far this policy has gone in terms of destroying basic concepts of, of decency, 
um, and uh, with with horrific results. Uh, interestingly, in this case, the uh, Glenn Youngkin, who was running for the Virginia governor, he actually became very concerned about this specific case. He publicized it, and it's part of the reason he is now the the, the new governor of the state of Virginia. So these issues have broad political ramifications, and we need to be aware of that. Right, that's true. Uh, this is a winning issue for conservatives if they can just realize it and grab a hold of it and share it. And uh, this is not just about decency, though, is it? It's really about parental rights as well. Any comment on that? Well, absolutely. Um, and, and the Supreme Court has actually ruled about the importance of parental rights and saying that uh, that uh, a policy that seeks to violate parental rights needs to survive what's called strict scrutiny, which means it's a very high legal standard that only in a small number of cases can parental rights be be uh, be infringed upon. Um, unfortunately, there have been other cases, Supreme Court cases, that the Supreme Court was not quite as explicit not quite as strong in its its ruling so legally the this the picture is a little bit fuzzy right now um there are actually uh people that say we need a constitutional amendment uh to to embody parental rights in the constitution um and so there's actually i understand there will be a bill introduced in the house of representatives in the near future to actually propose that so yes this is a very hot issue uh, parental rights is 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 so key to this whole picture. And it's interesting that we've already had laws in the books for parental rights for all of these things. Title IX was originally supposed to help with uh, issues related to sex discrimination. And yet, with the changing definitions of things, now apparently we need to legislate uh, more clearly, with more clarity, to address these new concerns that were not concerns just a few years ago. Now it seems like there are trans people in every sitcom and every Hollywood movie. This is being normalized so much. I hear President, uh, as the resident Biden, saying things like, we need to protect trans kids. Uh, protecting trans kids has been a major talking point for his administration, as if there are a million trans kids in the United States of America. So where did all this come from? Because it's not like we all of a sudden have more trans people than we did before. Uh, what's the origin of this? Well, good question, Sean. And, and the answer is this can be traced all the way back to Marxist ideology. So, of course, Karl Marx is, is famous or infamous, as you wish to call it, uh, for his, his writings about uh, uh, obliterating class distinctions or class differences. But lo and behold, within uh, a few decades, and we're going back to the 1840s now, uh, within a few decades, it became very clear that uh, there is not going to be any obliteration of class distinctions. In fact, the middle class was growing exponentially at that at that time because of the Industrial Revolution. So, all right. So, um, Karl Marx also said that the nuclear family is oppressive to women. Now, he didn't say why. He didn't give any studies, any research. If we look at the research, it is so conclusive that it's beneficial. It's beneficial psychologically, socially, financially. People live longer. 
uh, it's really an extraordinary body of research about the, the benefits of families and especially about uh, parents who are in a married relationship. Uh, domestic violence is even lower uh, in families in which the, the parents, the couple is married. So anyway, so, so here we go. Uh, uh, Karl Marx was talking about how the, the nuclear family is oppressive to women. And so the feminist movement, who we all know is based on Marxist concepts, decided, aha, we have to, we have to uh, break down, we have to topple, that's their word, we, we want to topple the family, the nuclear family. So one way to do that is, was to literally to attempt to obliterate dis, uh, d distinctions of, of sex and this goes all the way back. We actually have the actual quote on our website. Uh, if you look under the gender transitioning tab. Um, so they were talking about obliterating distinctions of sex going back literally decades ago. Of course, decades ago, there really wasn't, you know, the surgical techniques were not nearly advanced as now. So it was sort of a pie in the sky concept. Well, Anyway, so fast forward to, to, to uh, about 10 years ago, gender transitioning became pretty popular in Europe. And in, Europe, in England in particular, they were, it was called the Tavistock Clinic, Tavistock, which did uh, hundreds of these gender transitioning surgeries. Well, lo and behold, uh, many of these people who, under, who underwent the, the surgery later decided that they had been harmed more than helped, and they ended up suing the Tavistock Clinic. And as a result, the Tavistock Clinic has basically shut down um, as far as the, the, the gender reassignment surgeries. Okay, so that's background. So here we are now um, in 2023. This ideology is still going, going very strong. So, well, <clears throat> um, so according to the, 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 the feminist theory, um, you know, well, we can do this in little by little. So we'll start with the name changes and then we'll go to the, the hormone treatments and finally the surgical transitioning. So, yeah, this, this can be traced all the way back to Karl Marx and George Ingalls in the 1840s. Wow. And it's, it's crazy how this incrementally did sneak up on us. And now when we, I have a four-year-old child, when we turn on the cartoons, we see cartoons that, that are trying to normalize this, saying if you're a boy, you can wear girls' clothing. Whereas when I was a kid, Mr. Rogers was teaching us that boys are boys and girls are girls and we're different and that's okay. Uh, so this is, this is a new cultural norm here. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to get into uh, the part of it that you said was evil. Uh, do you, are you saying the results of it are evil, uh, the fact that it can harm people? Uh, of course, you mentioned uh, people who had had a transition felt that they were harmed. I'm, I'm aware that trans people have a higher suicide rate than non-trans people. And uh, ironically, that's used by trans advocates about why we need to help them more instead of that the psychological state is unhealthy. Uh, anything you want to say about the spiritual uh, aspect of this that are, are these advocates, the Tavistock Institute, the Marxists, do they really believe in this? Do they really want this? Or is this to destabilize the family, to destabilize 
the power structure in the United States and in the free world? You know, what is really the agenda? Um, I think it's all the above. So let, let's so let's be clear about what does evil mean? Evil in its in its pure sense means a a policy or an attitude that's destructive, destructive to human relationships, destructive to a person's sense of personal identity, uh, destructive to to fundamental values. That's that's what evil means. Um, and so. <clears throat> There, there have been so many cases, uh, and I'll tell you about another case. This was in California. We're talking about a girl who was in an elementary school, and and she was talking to her. She had some mental health issues. She was talking to the school counselor, and she said, "You know, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm really a boy." And she just said this in an offhand way, uh, but <laughs> well, no surprise. The counselor took took this offhand comment. And ran with it, and so they began began the process of gender transitioning. Um, and surprise, surprise, her mental health got worse and worse and worse. Finally, the parents found out about this. Uh, they immediately transferred her to a different school. Surprise, surprise, she all of a sudden decided, you know what? I really am a girl, and I and I want to I want to be a girl. I want to be called a girl. But bottom line is that they did file a, actually a lawsuit. Uh, this was against the Sierra View Elementary School in Chico, California. This lawsuit was filed in January. Um, so that's just you know a yet another story of this trail of tears. So so in this case it was evil because um, we have this concept of consent. Uh, the parents certainly did not give their consent. Um, this girl who I think, yeah, she was 11 years old, um, has no, an 11 year old child has no legal authority to give consent. Um, so when you do something that is so destructive to a child, um, and by the way, some of these children have actually committed suicide. Um, I don't want to tell the stories because they're, they're so sad and so remorseful, but there have been actual suicides among kids who have been <clears throat> put on this on this this transitioning train. Right, and so, so yeah, this, there's, this, there are this, lives this, at stake here. This is this is no laughing matter. This is not just about policy or politics. Uh, we are going to talk about campus kangaroo courts and due process as soon as we get back. At Nature Rains, we're dedicated to a holistic way of living that improves your quality of life from one day to the next. It all begins with a new technology called the Quantum Cellular Scan. We will remotely map the inside of your body from organs and vital signs, frequencies and tones, and find the results that will help identify what your body needs. We then tailor a health plan that fits you specifically. Welcome to a world of natural health. Welcome to Nature Rains. Did you know that there is a community of human beings that live to be well over 100 years old? The Hunza people live to be anywhere between 120 to 140 years old. Their secret? Vitamin B17. At Richardson Nutrition Center, we have developed a product line to easily incorporate B17 back into your diet. Use your special American Media Periscope code AMP888 to receive 15% off your first order at rncstore.com. 
We are talking to Edward Bartlett of the SAVE organization about the radical gender agenda. So, Edward, you know, you mentioned in, before the show about kangaroo courts and due process. Can you explain uh, what we're up against? Certainly, Sean. And let's start with the Marxist ideology behind this. So, so Marxism, when you talk about civil rights in the concept, in the context of Marxism, uh, you're not talking about the civil rights of an individual citizen. Rather, you are talking about the, uh, about the social standing of certain groups within society. So whether you're talking about racial groups or male-female groups, that's how Marxists think about civil rights. Okay, so what does that have to do with campus kangaroo courts? Well, kangaroo court refers to these campus disciplinary committees that have no concept of due process, have no concept of presumption of innocence, um, have no concept really of fairness for the, the individual case because they are using this Marxist ideology of, oh, well, uh, women have always been oppressed in, in our society, um, so we just have to give the, the benefit of the doubt to the female accuser and just sort of assume, well, the, the, the male who has been accused um, certainly is, is at fault here, and we'll just have to uh, uh, <clears throat> dismiss this male student from our colleges. I've read many of these lawsuits by these former male students. I mean, they were, they were former students who are males, I should say. Uh, I've read many of these lawsuits. Uh, the, <clears throat> the due process violations are just horrendous, just horrendous where they, there's, there's, for example, there is no impartial investigation. Uh, the investigator follows the concept of believe the victim um, or uses what's called a trauma-informed approach, means that, oh, well, <clears throat> if the accuser contradicts herself in her testimony, obviously she was so traumatized by the, by the assault that she's unable to tell the truth. She's unable to, to give a coherent uh, uh, account of what happened. I mean, that, that is just absolutely crazy. But that concept of trauma-informed investigations is widespread in our colleges. And it's just one of many examples of how these kangaroo courts have really obliterated the concepts under the 14th Amendment of due process and equal treatment under law. And this isn't just people accused of assault. It could be a professor who uses the wrong pronouns by accident and then all of a sudden they're getting fired, right? This actually happened at a university in Ohio to a, a philosophy professor who had been asked to uh, use the gender pronouns. The philosophy professor said, no, I'm not going to do that. He was disciplined by the college for what's called misgendering. That's now a new verb in, our, in the English language, misgendering. He was dis disciplined by the college and told that he had to use the requested pronouns. Well, he filed a lawsuit and he won. <clears throat> I believe the college had to pay him um, $500,000 to compensate for the, for the uh, mental, and, mental anguish and attorney's fees. So yeah, th this has happened. I could give other examples of, the, of these kangaroo courts going after uh, t uh, students or, or professors who have, quote, misgendered another person.
Well, that's actually a bright spot that the courts can be on our side. We have to be willing to stand up for ourselves here. Uh, but it's not easy to pay lawyers and go out on a limb when you have uh, the media against you. You've got the administration against you. You can lose your job, your income, your stability. So there's a lot at stake. And yet uh, this is where we find ourselves that we have to take a stand. Now, in the talking points, you talked to me about the three travesties of gender transitioning. And I was wondering if you could review those. Yeah, Sean. So yeah, the, the gender transitioning, I'd like to refer to it as the triple travesty. So so first is that we're talking about medical malpractice here. There's no good evidence. There are no uh, like control clinical trials to show that, that transitioning a, a, a child is, is beneficial in any way. So it's medical malpractice. Secondly, it's an inexcusable intrusion of parental rights. And third, this is a horrific form of child abuse. It's both mental child abuse, psychological, because we're tinkering with their self-concept, saying that, oh, well, maybe you're not you know, maybe you're not female. Maybe you're you're a boy. I mean, you're a person's self identity, to a very large extent, ba- is based on their sense of sexual identity, uh, male or female. So it, it's a <clears throat> psychological abuse, and it's also medical abuse for for <clears throat> for kids, even going undergoing uh, the 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 uh, hormone treatments. Um, an FDA advisory that was released last year, last July, said that these um, these uh, uh, hor- the hormone therapy can actually call, cause brain swelling. Um, so this, these are not trivial medical concerns. Uh, certainly not. So when you're changing all of your biology with these hormone blockers and hormone therapy and possibly... Uh, genital mutilation. And, and th- I mean, that's a lot of this is irreparable. And uh, people do die. Uh, so this is this is serious stuff. Uh, it seems like maybe what we need is a new uh, bill of rights here, uh, human rights, uh, perhaps even, <laughs> I don't want to take away sovereignty, but even at the international level, uh, that, you know, this should not be allowed to happen to a child. We need I can understand now why people are saying we need maybe to put a constitutional amendment here for parental rights, because that could uh, stop a lot of this. And yet there are some parents that are actually on board with this. We're going to take a quick break and we can talk about that idea that parents are falling for this PSYOP and they're gender transitioning their own kids as soon as we get back. Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900. Here's what you missed at the last Ask the Expert. Everything that happens bad in your life is not bad. What determines whether it is or not, um, that's a question I hope one day you can answer for yourself. You ask the questions. You participate. Next time, interact with Alex Newman. 
Ask the Expert, every Thursday night at 8.30, only on Amp Insider. Welcome to a new era of connecting patriots, Amp Insider. We're talking to Edward Bartlett about the radical gender agenda and the fact that it's so prolific, it's so everywhere, it's ubiquitous here that we see it on Netflix and Hollywood and the movies and the sitcoms and the cartoons. Uh, it's, it's everywhere you look, the curriculum. Uh, and so parents are influenced by all of this, of course. It's not just kids. Uh, kids are more vulnerable. They're, they're developing their self-concept. They want approval uh, from their peers, from their, from their teachers and, and so forth. Uh, but even parents, they don't want to be uh, called an extremist or a bigot or get violently kicked out of uh, a place like the video that we saw earlier. And so parents are either complicit, you know, through their silence sometimes, or actually participating and being the main movers of the transitioning their children as well. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I, I mentioned earlier in our discussion, this the survey we did last uh, May that found 71% of Americans are opposed to changing the de definition of sex. I'm certain if we did that survey now uh, that we would find that number is even higher because this issue really has moved into the public consciousness. Um, I see it on the evening news. Um, former President Donald Trump uh, made a, a statement about this uh, a month or two ago. Uh, governors, uh, political persons, uh, politicians are talking about it. So it really has moved into the public consciousness. So, and, and I, I'd like to comment, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago about the, the court system. I have to say that we are seeing promising signs from our judges, not in every case, but in many, many cases. Uh, for example, I'll give you an example about women's sports. Uh, there was a lawsuit filed in the state of Connecticut uh, uh, because there were two biological males uh, competing in track and field events, and they were basically winning all the events. I mean, it was it was it was it was so extremely it was it was sad and comical. So um, so some of the female athletes these are this is high school uh, filed a lawsuit uh, saying that this was fundamentally unfair. Um, and so initially the, the judge who heard this case was sympathetic to the biological males because this judge kind of fell into this uh, mindset of, oh, we have to be diverse and we have to be tolerant. But surprise, surprise, in January uh, of this year, the judge actually issued a ruling in favor of the female, biological female athletes, saying that, no, this was not fair. This is not what this Title IX law is all about. So, so that's, that's an example from women's sports. We've seen uh, many good decisions in this campus due process arena. We've seen some good decisions in the parental rights. Um, so I have to say we are we are seeing some very good indications from judges all, all across the country. And we're talking about federal judges and in, in primarily in district courts that have issued rulings that are based on, well, good law and common sense. 
Have you heard of the story of the mother who wants to transition their child, but the father doesn't want them to do that uh, in Texas? Uh, here's an example where parental rights don't protect the child. So we might have to have laws in the books to protect the child from being transitioned by their parents uh, before they're 18. Uh, any thoughts or have you seen any examples in any particular states that you think set the groundwork? So, yes, um, Florida has such a policy right now. Um, Texas, I believe, also has a similar policy. So in the case that you just mentioned, it's my understanding that the mother was planning to take this child, underage child, to California. And California actually, and believe this or not, it's true, California now has a law in the books that says uh, any child can, can quote, flee to, to California um, and undergo tra gender transitioning, and it's legal in California. So, yeah, we have a real mess here going on with uh, different policies and different rules in different states. Uh, but again, we are seeing a good number of uh, bills. I think the number is about 30 bills have already been introduced this year that would ban such practices, such gender transitioning of underage students. Well, you know, I'm so glad there are people like you who are who have their finger on the pulse of what's happening. Tell us more about the SAVE organization. People go to your website. What can they learn? What resources can they get? What kind of actions are they encouraged to take? Yeah, sure, Sean. So the website is saveservices.org. Again, saveservices.org. Um, our Title IX network, uh, right now we have 20, 206 organizational members. We only have organizational members, um, and we address a, a variety of what we call problem areas, such as gender transitioning, free speech, due process, women's sports, uh, and parental rights. And so we have separate pages on each one of those issues. We have lists of model legislation. We have lists of, of the court decisions, the good court decisions. So anyway, so we have really a wealth of information on our website, saveservices.org. We also are active at the federal level. We, we have done, uh, we had a lobbying event uh, in, in January in the House of Representatives, um, and we plan to continue these lobbying activities at the federal level. Are there any particular politicians who have taken up this issue? Uh, I'm thinking of Marjorie Taylor Greene has been outspoken about this, President Trump. Uh, anyone else who you think uh, is able to articulate this issue well? Yes, very definitely. We've actually listed these the statements by these lawmakers, and it's not just a handful. It's literally dozens of federal and state lawmakers have issued statements, have written letters to the Department of Education. And, and perhaps the one I want to highlight in particular is um, Speaker um, Kevin McCarthy of California. Um, he, in, uh, in last year, he issued what's called a Commitment to America. And read the Commitment to America, you'll see that he mentions women's sports. He mentions parental rights. He, he mentions the need to uh, investigate 
federal agencies that are weaponizing the law to 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 turn the law on its head. So um, I want to give a shout out in particular to to Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who's been really a leader on this issue, and there have been many others. Well, now that he's speaker, this could be something that uh, develops and we could have more federal protections for kids and parents. Uh, We'll have to see how that plays out. But nevertheless, it sounds like you're encouraging parents to get active at that local school district level. Is that right? We need um, to we need to ramp up our activities at all levels, at the, the local school boards, at the state legislature, um, at the federal level. Um, yes, we want, and we also want to get, uh, attorneys general from states involved and they actually have been very good, uh, from a number of states, especially Tennessee. Uh, so yeah, we, we want to get all, all groups, parents, um, and, and the general public involved in this because again, our culture and our society is under attack. Are there any resources, documentaries, or books that you think articulate this issue well for people to get educated on it about where we're at in our culture? Um, yeah, Sean, there's, um, there has been uh, a, a good number of books. Um, uh, as far as the gender transitioning book, um, there was a very well done book by a fellow named Ryan Anderson who reviews uh, the research. I think the title of the book is When Sally Became Harry or something like that. Um, it's a very good summary of the research about gender transitioning. Um, on our website, for each of these problem areas I've listed, uh, we, we've, we've provided resources on all of these areas because there, there's, there's so many complexities here that, that uh, we're trying to stay on top of. Right. Well, we will put a link in the description below where people can access your website. Thank you so much for your service to our country and our culture. It's so important what you're doing. Lives are at stake. And thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com. We are America's Patriot-only network, and you can get my breaking news updates at SeanMorganReport.com. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck. Lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024.